Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everybody, welcome to Sports Saturday. Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson. Josh Wheeler is producing, and we have very little sports going on. But we do have women's basketball excitement. And now how about this, Josh? I'm going to talk about women's basketball here, and I'm not going to get a call from a program director <laughs> asking me, why are you talking about women's basketball? I love it. And I turned on to ESPN this morning, and they were talking about women's basketball. They're talking about Caitlin Clark. And I listened to WCCO the other day, and they're talking about women's basketball. And they're talking about Caitlin Clark. My wife was on as a guest. Lindsey Whalen was on as a guest. Give her one of of these. How about this? How about this? And uh, Jay Williams, the former Duke player who was really good back in the day and has been an analyst for ESPN for a long time, he goes on ESPN and he says, you know what? This Caitlin Clark this is great. She's scoring a lot of points, but show me her rings. And I was like, oh, my gosh, women's basketball has made it. You have not made it as a sport until somebody goes on ESPN and says, show me your rings. 
Quarterbacks, you're all trash until you have rings. LeBron, you'll never have Jordan's rings, so you'll never be as good. And Caitlin, though she has made Iowa a top five program a couple years in a row here after Iowa was just, you know, whatever, a good program, uh, needs to show the rings. And I'm like, this is great. Of course, that is preposterous. Um, to let's, say, let's bring in the vocal. Right? Kirk Cousins, where's her rings? Uh, okay, that might be a little different conversation. <laughs> but, but, okay, so that's that's fine though. That's exciting. That's yes. like, wait a minute, we're yeah. having a debate yeah. over whether a women's basketball player has won enough. I am old enough to remember when UConn women's basketball was winning so much, but it seemed that the analysts on television knew so little about what was going on in women's basketball that the only thing they could come up with was, is are they winning too much? And it was like, oh, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem we's, we've always had in sports was people winning too much. That's, that's, what, every, that's what brings a sport down. <laughs> Joe Montana, look what you did to football. You just brought it down. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, look at him ruining football by winning all the time. He's just bringing down the sport. That was 10 years ago. And now we have debate topics regarding a women's basketball player. But, Josh, I feel a little weird about this. I'll tell you why. Because my wife and I met when she was in college playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And the way that we got to know each other was through a friend. And I had made a sarcastic joke. I know that people who know me will not believe this. But I was kidding around about women's basketball being boring. That's what I said to her. Now, I was joking. I have watched my, – my dad is a basketball junkie, and I mean a lunatic. Like, he has a Demiris Dantas jersey. So you have to really know the links to know who Demiris yes. Dantas is. Yep. That's how much my dad likes basketball. So when I grew up, we watched everything. We watched Diana Taurasi. We watched – you know, all that – the WNBA starting, all that stuff. So I've always watched this sport – and, of course, my wife eventually figured out I was kidding. And it's been a huge part of our relationship. She broadcasts for the Minnesota Lynx. I have season tickets to the Lynx. When we moved here, I was like, this is great. We got a WNBA team. We once drove eight hours in a snowstorm to see Elena Deladon play, who, if you know women's basketball, is one of the greatest players of all time. We drove four hours one time to see Maya Moore play, when she was with Connecticut. And let me tell you, paid off. Let me tell you, Caitlin Clark didn't invent women's basketball because those are two of the great players in history, and I saw them when they were in college. And so here I am this whole time being like, this sport is great. It deserves its credit. Why do people crap on this sport? Uh, they tell me, oh, it's boring or whatever. Like, that was my joke. That's why I was being sarcastic. Yeah. And then – well-meaning people would be like, well, you know, it's more technical than the men's game. And you're like, okay, I, I, you're being nice. And in some ways that is true. Now, if you mm -hmm. watch men's college basketball, it's an atrocity sometimes because all the good players now go to the NBA. So it is true that you would have teams that would stay together longer and they would play better team basketball. Mm -hmm. And so there was truth to that. And I appreciated that people were trying and not being insulting. But it was one of those things where – it got no attention. ESPN treated it like an obligation to occasionally show a highlight if it was crazy. The most highlights they ever showed in my life before Caitlin Clark was probably when there was a fight 
the Detroit Shock and I think the Los Angeles Sparks got in a huge melee, and that was the most highlights you ever saw. NBA people ignored it. Uh, Bill Simmons wrote terrible, terrible things about women's basketball. And so it was just it was just like off not here in Minnesota. Now I'm not saying this is here in Minnesota, but in the broader view, it was just off in a corner doing its thing, and the people who knew knew, but nobody else paid attention to it. And now I'm seeing Jay Williams debating if she has enough rings. And I'm like, this is something. And tonight at the All-Star game, I think, Sabrina Inescu and Steph Curry are going to have a three-point shootout. Yep. Now, here's here's the, the thing. I feel like I was a punk rock fan in the 80s <laughs> and the Dead Kennedys the were my band. Guy. Right, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. I feel like I was the, the Dead Kennedys, Holiday in yeah. Cambodia, punk rock fan, and then people came along and told me that Green Day invented punk, and then I ripped my hair out. Yeah. Like, it's hard because Caitlin Clark is so exciting. It's hard for me anyway. It's not hard like in the grand scheme of things. Yes. It's hard for me to deal with this because I want to ask, where were you? Where were you? It took social media showing these highlights to get people's attention. And because media in general, not, not saying local here, who always paid attention to Waylon and women's basketball, but national media mm-hmm. ignored it. And they told you it's too boring. They told you that no one cares about it. So we have to make sure we, we don't ever talk about it because no one cares about women's sports. So screw it, put it off in the corner. We're not going to pay attention to it. And then social media came along at the right time in its boom with the right player. And now everybody likes it. And I want to be like, uh, excuse me. ESPN, can I get an apology for a lifetime of you ignoring one of my favorite sports because you told everybody it was not exciting? And then when they actually had a chance to see it and see the great players, they liked it just like me. Not like, right? Like, oh, like the punk rock comparison. Oh, you like these hard power chord riffs? You like yelling and stuff now? You didn't like it in the 80s. You know, so... It's a little bit I, – I want to know from people on the text line. What's the text line? I didn't write it down. Uh, 651-461-9226. Okay. On the text line, if you've had this experience with something, mm-hmm. because I think it happens with music a lot. If you're like a really big music fan, then you hear an artist tell you a funny little story. I went to a Nickelback concert before they got big. Mm-hmm. Okay. And hated, yeah. No, it was great. It was great. It was before their kind of pop album came out. Correct. And I was like, this band is awesome. And then they put out this album that had a bunch of like soft songs on it. I was like, oh, where, what, huh? (laughs) And people started loving Nickelback. I was like, wait, no, what? And uh, it feels sort of like that because I want to say, look, if you go back through the history of the sport, there's always been a Caitlin Clark. You just didn't know about her. She didn't invent women's basketball. She's not the first person to even shoot long three-pointers. The the player who is shooting tonight against uh, Steph Curry shot long three-pointers, but so did Diana Taurasi for her whole career. And again, people here know, people in Minnesota know, and we can thank the Lynx for that. We could thank Lindsey Whalen for that, that there is a great knowledge of women's basketball in this state. It's one of my favorite parts of living here. I just don't know how I am supposed to approach this. Like, 
there is a part of me I'm trying to fight off because I've wanted these people to get their yeah. money. To get their success. Oh, WNBA players, they don't make any money. Oh, just wait till the next TV deal. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Gonna, yeah. We're not there let's, yet. Let's, let's bump, it a, bump the brakes a little bit because I'm in the same boat as you. I have been advocating for WNBA slash women's basketball for years. And all I see on social media is, yeah, but how how. How well are they at making a sandwich? Like how, how good uh, are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the typical social media dunk? responses. Yeah, which yeah. some can, by the way. And but- by the way, I'm I'm so <laughs> glad that Luke that that Tracy Chapman was able to cover Luke Combs' fast car. <laughs> yes, yeah, since yeah. we're on that topic, there's a good one. There's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, appreciate her uh, performance yes. uh, the other night. That was really yes. spectacular. But no, I yeah, the music is probably the best example yeah. that if you are a really big music person and then somebody gets fan, it, it would kind of be like if, and Taylor Swift is fine to me. Yeah. I am completely like unopinionated about Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I don't have any feelings for that music really whatsoever. But if you were like a, a big fan of, pop music Mm -hmm. and then people started telling you that she was the greatest pop artist ever you'd probably want to throw yourself off the top of the wcco building right you'd probably be like michael jackson like even even you know oh shit or if you know is taylor swift the greatest singer songwriter no um but you know the thing with taylor swift though is that she's significantly less talented as a singer songwriter than yeah. like Joni Mitchell or something. And that's something we could kind of prove. Uh, Caitlin Clark is setting records and yeah. she belongs in that conversation. So it's not that I feel that way, like bitter toward her because I've enjoyed, I've watched this whole journey. My wife is a broadcaster for big 10 network. She's done 25, 30 Caitlin Clark games. So she's been there for this whole thing over the last three years. Yeah. It's really more of just seeing this thing that I liked and not too many other people, unless they were really in the space, sort of explode. And in a way, I want to say, welcome. Maybe you should go to YouTube and check out some of the other great players or also get rid of this narrative that Caitlin Clark will somehow be worse off financially going to the WNBA. That is completely false. That is just completely false. For one, she will get a salary. But also, those sponsors, NIL are just sponsors. Yeah. They will come with her. That they follow. Yeah. There's there's nothing there's nothing that she's losing out of out of leaving. State Farm is not gonna say the only reason Paige Beckers is staying one more year is because she had an ACL injury and she probably has a lot left on the table to prove at UConn before she moves on to bigger and better things. And her best friend on the team tore her ACL yes. this year, so they want to chase a championship together. They are missing, I think, three starters, which is why they're more of a middling team this year than great. So anyway, I guess I would just say I'd love to hear from people on the text line or if you want to call in and tell me what it was that you liked and then it got popular and then it drove you crazy. And uh, because I'm dealing with that a little bit and uh, we've got a lot of other things to talk about as well. And uh, a funny pro football talk headline and the Wolves are the best team in the basketball that I really need to discuss as well. So lots, lots to get into Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson here on a sports Saturday. Now here's a good comparison. 
Oh, wow. This is good. This is great. This is exactly what we're talking about. So if you missed the first segment, Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson. And I was talking about how I've just had this lifelong enjoyment of the women's basketball game and have followed it for, I don't know, I mean, must be 25 years now. And seeing Caitlin Clark blow up has gives me some mixed feelings a little bit because there's so long, and Josh, you said it, I would tweet about women's basketball stuff, and every single time I would get, what if they go make me a sandwich? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, buddy. <laughs> And I had That's to, way better coming from your mouth than theirs, but yeah. I had to <laughs> multiple times put out there, like, look, if you say something crappy to me about women's basketball, I will block you, just yeah, so you know. For sure. No one cares about, okay, all right, and you're blocked. And so a lot yeah. of people are blocked because of that. And now all my friends and a lot of people in the media who I know are all about this one player. And I'm like, I want this player to get this attention. But the person who she just passed for the record wasn't playing that long ago. It, it wasn't Ruthie Johnson in 1947, okay? Yeah. It was Kelsey Plum, who is a present WNBA superstar, by the way, and multiple-time champion, who was just doing this exact same thing, only her highlights were less on social media because all of us were less plugged into social media a few years ago before the pandemic. And I also think, too, the way that Caitlin plays is emblematic of a new generation of basketball player, which is going to expand outside of the three-point line to create more space for themselves. And if you can do it, then you can have a pretty good advantage, as Steph Curry has proven, Trey Young. There's a lot of players who ex- expand outside the three-point line. Diana Taurasi has been doing it in the WNBA for quite some time. And Sabrina Inescu, who is the all-time leader in triple doubles, was doing it, again, just several years ago. She's only like three years into the WNBA, and yet we are acting like this player invented this thing. And I'm sort of like, okay, I want you all to get interested and to come along with me. And fill up the Target Center when the Lynx play and, like, buy season tickets and support this thing because it's growing and it's a great sport and I like it. In the same way that you want to see a band that you like fill a stadium and you want to see them succeed, but when you were seeing them in the dusty bar, you were like, they're awesome and nobody knows. And then you, you know, see them get famous and then kind of the most annoying people end up being all about it. Like, wait, are you just sort of chasing what's popular? And this happened with the Boston Red Sox. And I am definitely dating myself here a bit, but when the Boston Red Sox won that first world series, if you are a Red Sox fan for a long time and then they won and all of a sudden every bro in every state was wearing like a Jacoby Ellsbury Jersey, you'd be like, what? Well, what is this? And uh, so I used to joke around with some of my coworkers. I worked at a grocery store and they were big baseball people about like, hey, do you think that guy could name three other Red Sox left fielders before Johnny Damon or whatever? Or before, I guess it would have been, you know, Manny Ramirez. It's just like, do you think, do you think they could? But like, no, definitely not. Mike Greenwell, Jim Rice, no way, no chance. And the sort of Johnny come latelys to this, are part of anything that's popular. Everybody who follows music or movies or anything else, actors, they know this. 
Like anything that's popular, everybody's going to suddenly celebrate it like they were there the whole time. And I don't need anyone to apologize to me for that. I just kind of have mixed feelings. Like, all right, but why did why were you so against this five years ago, three years ago? Or why did you act like it didn't exist? Or even bigger, why did media act like it didn't exist? And I think that's where I've been the most frustrated. But a texter brings up being a foodie is what it's called now. But like he says, or she, in the late 70s and 80s, cooking and you know, studying food and things like that would not have been called a foodie and there weren't like channels about it and everybody wasn't making TikToks about it. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think about the wonders of social media and how great it's been it, for the most part in my life. I've built a business in part using social media. I've gotten to know endless numbers of people actually in person through meeting them on social media. I have connected with many colleagues and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yet sometimes knowing everybody's thoughts about everything all the time can be pretty annoying. <laughs> like that's yeah. That would be the way I'd put it is you, you saw the number of people who never retweeted a single women's basketball highlight and buddy, it was out there. It was definitely, they've been playing, they've been playing for a long time going all the way back, you know, going all the way back. So I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of dealing with that at the moment. And as far as Caitlin Clark goes, though, what I did enjoy seeing is a legitimate, like, (laughs) kind of hating point made on ESPN because that's all they do on ESPN is they take a player who's popular and then one person says they're awesome and another person says they stink and then they talk about it. But they've never done that with women athletes before. It's basically just been like, well, good for them. Because the hosts and the analysts, whatever, didn't know jack about it. So they would just be like, whatever. And we can actually treat this after like last year's uh, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark semi-dust up. We could treat this like a competitive sport, folks. We can criticize players. We could say she needs to not turn the ball over as much. We could say, is this team building their franchise the right way and so forth? And not just be like, oh, it's good for little girls, which it is. And I went to a game in Iowa City, and it, it is. like There's a lot of people there who are younger, who are seeing something that's going to stick with them forever, and that is so cool. And I, So I like where this is headed, but I also am like, I was listening to this band before. We also have uh, on the text line another Dead Kennedys kind of person, which I, I thought I was really digging deep there, pulling that one out of the 80s uh, punk scene. But, you know, you played Smells Like Teen Spirit. If you were a grunge fan – and then Nirvana came out yeah. and got super popular, and then everyone was wearing flannel. You had to be so mad. Like, wait a minute. I was I was into this grunge stuff, and then now it's, what, popular, and everyone's buying it, and everybody's interested in it? So I guess we go through these things with lots of different stuff. Yeah, there's been Dead Kennedys. There's been the Buzzcocks. There's been so many bands before Nirvana that kind of helped push that punk seen into uh mainstream if you will nirvana just kind of made it they just turned the knob up a little bit more but uh yeah right i see what you mean though yeah and look i mean if uh caitlin clark is pulling everybody up with her then i'm very excited about it so i'm excited about this and also as a football reporter it being my trade it's always been very frustrating when I go looking for critical analysis. And I don't even mean like hating. I mean like critical analysis. Yeah. 
It's mostly just, oh, good for them. That's so great. That's so great. Uh, Question from the text line. Uh, Let's see. My question, and I love Clark, at what expense is her success to other teammates? Um, If you mean, like, is she costing her teammates? Uh, That's not really what's happening with her putting up all these points because she also puts up a lot of assists as well. So she scored 49 and had 13 assists. And I would say this, if they played without her on the floor, uh, they would not win. In fact, they've lost to Nebraska, who's not a good team, because she had one quarter where she didn't shoot well, and they just lost the game. So it's not that she's playing with very, very bad teammates. It's just that she's playing with an average Big Ten program worth of teammates who she lifts up with the attention that's drawn to her from defenses because every defense is going at her. So she's finding a lot of open three-point shooters, driving to the basket, kicking out. I mean, that's it really is what the game has become in the NBA, which is you have one Giannis Antetokounmpo, or you have one Anthony Edwards, or you have one Luka Doncic, and that player has the ball all the time, and they completely dominate the ball, and then they're kicking it out and racking up a lot of assists because they can't be stopped one-on-one. That's basically what's happening with uh, Caitlin Clark. So I don't think that's the crazy thing about it is I don't think she's a selfish player despite all the points. I think that this is just by design because that's your best chance to win. Well, and also I I saw an interview and I talked to Lake about this the other day where Juju Watkins got 51 points. Oh yeah. This was a couple, I think this was a couple weeks ago. Immediately in the ESPN interview, the whoever the play-by-play or color commentator was immediately said, like Caitlin Clark, who and Juju immediately waved yes. off, like, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do not put me in that awkward spot of 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 creating beef with, like, they're trying to collectively build something together. This is not about just Caitlin Clark. This is about the. This is before Paige, Be- like Paige Beckers didn't deter the WNBA draft from being as great as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. This is arguably the best uh, best class that's going to come yeah. into the WMA draft that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, no, with her and then there's, a, I mean, probably four or five other players, yes. but uh, other players, there is some jealousy in the space. Yeah. I will say that oh, because yeah. there's so much attention with, oh, a great example here brought up with soccer and uh, the United. Same sort of thing where it's like, if you were a hardcore Minnesota soccer person and then like there, you want to see all those people support the loons, but then you're like, wait a minute, do you even know what the rules are? So well, do, do people even know that we had the thunder first? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we had the thunder first and they played in Blaine. But, but you can't be yeah, mad yeah. though. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, well, you yeah, know, whatever. And I, I will say about that Juju Watkins thing. It is again because she did it again uh, last night where she scored thirty something points. She's phenomenal, and uh, she's kind of the next one. This is what's coming next, which is superstar players dominating the ball because the women's game is a lot like the NBA game. Yeah, and it kind of always has has been that way. Where men's college basketball, they just miss every three and then occasionally draw a charge and shoot free throws. For sure, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh. Anyway, but uh, let's let's take a um, let's take a break. We'll come back, and so I will stop ranting about this. Uh, I want to talk about something that Pro Football Talk had as a headline, and 
Sometimes those headlines can be pretty crazy on Pro Football Talk about Kirk Cousins, but maybe there's a point that is being made here that's that's interesting. So we're going to talk about that when we return. Here's a question for you, Josh. And for all of those who are following closely what the Minnesota Vikings will do next at quarterback, which even if you are not the biggest sports fan, you have an opinion on that for sure. Every, I did jury duty a couple of years ago. Really interesting. But I had to tell the judge what I do, right? They go around the room. What do you do? All that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. And during breaks, people would talk to me about football because of what I do. And Every person had an opinion on Kirk Cousins. This is what Kirk Cousins does to us, is that he's always debatable, and everybody sees the same inkblot that is Kirk Cousins differently. And so this debate over, you know, what to do with him, do they bring him back, do they move on, do they draft a quarterback, we're just sort of sitting and waiting, and we should have an answer in the next 20 days or so, because if he becomes a free agent, they're not bringing him back because that would mean that he would carry a big dead cap hit, which means you'd be paying him twice. You'd be paying him for the previous money that you still owe him, and then you'd be paying him Mm -hmm. new money, which would mean if you think he was expensive before, he would be wildly expensive now. So it has to be essentially resolved by March 13th. So we're getting there. We're getting real close. Now, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, is kind of knowing, uh, known for stirring the pot, would be the best description I could give. But he wrote something kind of interesting today regarding Kirk Cousins. Here's the headline. It says, do the Vikings want to keep Kirk Cousins? If so, it's time to get a deal done. Now, that's not the tweet, though. The tweet says, they're handling the situation poorly, is what the tweet says. So the headline, a little less sexy than the tweet. And he writes in his article, if they actually want him, the strategy seems to be they want to see what others will pay before making their move. If that's the case, it's a very bad strategy. Everyone wants to feel wanted and valued. Cousins, by all appearances, would like to stay. But if the Vikings aren't doing the things that would make him and his family feel wanted, then giving Cousins a chance to feel more wanted elsewhere could prompt Cousins to choose a new team over the Vikings if the financial offers are equal. Now, there's a lot of speculation and assumption to do with that and all of those sentences, but it is a thought. And I have been wondering how Kirk Cousins feels because when we talk about these decisions, we usually do it through only the lens of the team. Will the team bring Cousins back? And nobody ever says, well, does does he really want to come back? And when we go back to when they fired Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and they hire Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the first thing they did was give him the shortest extension that they could, which is how we got here. And then last year, he wins, or two years ago, wins 13 games. And last offseason, around this time, we're assuming he's going to get a new extension. We're going to the combine thinking, all right, they're probably going to announce that they're extending Kirk and he's going to get a three-year deal and whatever else because he just won 13 games. And then it never came. And then it never came. And then he did multiple press conferences saying, that's fine. I don't care. Don't extend me then. Okay, interesting. And then we went into the season. We finally got there and went into the season without a contract. Then he tears the Achilles. And after he tears the Achilles... 
and they ask, they, us, me, ask Kwesi Adafo Mensa about bringing Kirk back still despite the Achilles tear. And he says, well, you know, we all like Kirk, but there's other factors to it. And it's true. This is an economics game as much as it is X's and O's where you're paying players and there's a salary cap. And as we have seen, you can't build a great team around the 12th best quarterback in the league if he's making the most money and that whole thing on and on and on again. But it wasn't exactly a please come back to us, Kirk. We need you so badly. It was more of a like, yeah, we like him. I guess we'll find out. And I have to wonder if you're in Kirk Cousins' shoes and you're talking to your agent as they go to the combine where all this stuff is going to happen. That's coming up in a week. I'm going to be there. And they're going to have all these discussions, sit down. He's going to talk with other teams and everything else. And then the legal tampering period comes after that, which is just a silly phrase for it. Uh, But all this is going to happen pretty fast. If you're on Cousins' side, you have to be thinking – this team has never really bought into me. Even the new people who came in and said, hey, you're our guy. You're the best. Head coach puts his arm around Kirk. We saw it on Netflix. Hey, we're, we're one together, right? Well, yeah, but do you want to extend me for three years? Oh, I don't know about that. The, uh, the, um, the Tony Romo voice. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Kirk. I don't know about yeah. doing that. Uh that's how that their actions have been louder than their words when it comes to Kirk Cousins, which makes me wonder if they are hoping that somebody else comes in with a higher offer. And it also has made me thought about the dynamic between the general manager, the owner, and the head coach. And who wants what? Yeah. Does the ownership want him back, but only at a certain price? and the GM want to draft somebody and the head coach want him back because he knows that he can work with him. And if they draft the wrong person, then he gets fired. But if you go eight, nine with Kirk, you get fired anyway, as we've seen from the previous regime. Mm -hmm. And they're just in an awkward spot here. And I can't help but wonder if Kirk didn't do Netflix and have everybody get real excited about that. And it was good. uh, If Kirk, didn't beat the Packers in the game he got injured. It's not like we had never seen Kirk Cousins be good before, but that was the last impression. If the last impression had been him playing poorly against Carolina and barely beating the worst team in the league, then maybe we would have a slightly different feeling on it. But I also thought of this. Kevin O'Connell said that he thought Kirk Cousins was playing the best football of his career. And at different times, people asked him about that. And every time he kind of pushed back, it's like, I don't know. You know, I've played pretty well in my career before. I don't think that was the first time. And if you're just putting yourself in his shoes, looking at this team, looking at the last six years, do you want to keep going down this road if this team hasn't been able to win with you, if you are looking at it from his perspective? And if another team has a slightly stronger roster and a similar offer, you might just go because they never wanted to marry you. They always wanted to date you. Yeah. And this may be his ultimatum time, I guess, for him. Which, like, if, if I were him, my offer, what I would accept from the Vikings, would actually be higher than anyone else because they are the ones 
not buying into me time after time after time. So you have to prove to me. You have to give me guaranteed years. You have to give me guaranteed money. That's more than anybody else because you have to prove to me you really want this. Not that, oh, you're just trying to do this to bring me back so you hope you don't get fired. Yeah. I. My question with this situation is I feel like the Vikings should have bit the bullet a lot sooner than they are going to. The farther along the line we've gotten with Kirk Cousins, I feel like the more equity – his, his this this whole contract situation has built. If you would have done this and taken care of this maybe in September or something, I feel like this wouldn't have cost as much money as it's going to now. I feel like there's a there's a, a snowball effect to what has become Kirk Cousins' future with the Minnesota Vikings. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, okay, if we don't have Kirk, is there a bridge quarterback? Okay, what are you bridging to? Is there a contract? Is there a bunch of contracts that are that are out of play in a couple of years that I'm not seeing or something? Or what? Everybody keeps talking about, you know, oh maybe we go get Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield to bridge for like a year or two. Okay, wh- okay, what are you bridging to then? Like, what's the end game with with getting a bridge quarterback? Because what if somebody like that? We saw what Baker did with Tampa this year. He had his best career year, even even better than his first year, couple of years with Cleveland. What's the end game then? Because what happens if Baker? balls out in a Vikings uniform and you have what are you just going to try and find the next shiniest object like the Browns did with Deshaun Watson and just, Oh no, we want this player. And then that doesn't, I just feel like there's, there's endless uh, outcomes for the situation and none of them are good now with the Vikings situation at quarterback. There's a problem here with fear. It's hard to accomplish a lot with fear. Yep. And the ownership seems to be afraid of having a really bad year. Yeah. They just never want to do that. The head coach, I'm sure, is afraid of drafting the wrong quarterback. And then he looks bad because if you dra- we saw, if you have Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins who can't play, mm-hmm. then you just lose games. Uh, that's just the reality of the NFL. If you lose your quarterback, you lose games. Or if your quarterback is bad, who you draft, like Carolina, you just lose games. Yes. And if he's good, then you get to be Houston and you feel great about yourself for a really long time. Yeah. So there's a lot of fear that goes into this where I think if we're looking at the last six years, you didn't really accomplish anything. So what are we yeah. afraid of? We're afraid of not like having it work out, even if the high end of it working out could be really good. So that's where the bridge idea comes into it. It's like, well, Baker Mayfield could probably play with Justin Jefferson close to what Kirk Cousins was able to give you, and he's younger and his Achilles are fine as far as I know. So that's like that idea is, all right, if you draft somebody and don't like him, then you have somebody else who's a veteran. Or you can develop that player sort of a la Green Bay or even you know Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. So there's a lot of moving parts here, but it is a good observation that the Vikings' stance on Kirk Cousins has largely been – I guess so. I guess if he comes back at the right place, like if that's unfortunately, if yeah, that's, that's if that's you're accurate. dating somebody, and you're like, yeah, you know, I guess if you switch toothpaste to the one that I like, then you can move in with me. But yes. you know, otherwise, I don't care. I mean, if you're th- maybe I'll break up with you, maybe I won't. If you're thinking about breaking up with someone, then you've already broken up with them. Why try to stay together for the kids? Yeah. That's what it feels like this would be doing. Stay together so we don't get fired. Well, guess what? 
all roads in the NFL lead to you're fired. If you bring back Kirk Cousins and you don't win, you're fired. If you draft the wrong quarterback, you're fired. Yeah. If you draft the right quarterback, you get to be a Hall of Fame coach. So take a shot. Then I pose this question because I know we got to go to break. What is the first priority when it comes to the Vikings? Is it Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson right now? Oh, it should be Justin Jefferson. Okay. I mean, yeah, they that's, that's be, same. That's yeah. what I was thinking because you can get the Kirk situation. You could work around Justin Jefferson. He still, I think, has a year, maybe two on his contract. I, I can't remember what his situation is. I think it's only one year left. But JJ, I feel like that situation, him and his people are way closer to making a deal with the Vikings than the Vikings are to making something happen with Kirk. I think Kirk is just that's too far out right now for them to be able to accomplish. Let me take a break and talk a little bit about the Jefferson thing because that's been driving me sort of insane of people act, asking me if they should trade him. And I'll explain why it's going to be fine when we return. Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson here on a Sports Saturday. All right, here's your minute-and-a-half explanation of why it's totally fine to pay Justin Jefferson and your friend who keeps telling you at work that they need to trade him is wrong. All right, first of all, you don't trade great players. Great players get you to the Super Bowl. There were a ton of great players with big contracts on San Francisco. You can afford them if you do it correctly. It's not that you can't pay anyone. And the difference between Kirk and Justin Jefferson is that Jefferson is on his rookie contract. So when they sign an extension, money can be pushed into his first year, which would be this year. That's part of it. Also, Jefferson is likely to sign a four- or five-year contract extension, which allows them to shape the deal so the bigger cap hits don't hit until several years down the road. And then when they do, you can create it in a way with base salary so you can restructure that to cut that in half. If you look at Tyreek Hill, if you look at A.J. Brown, this is how they're doing it. Cooper Cup, these are the highest paid receivers in the league. The highest paid receivers in the league make about 8% of the salary cap. Kirk Cousins' highest number was 17%. Here's the other thing, too. Justin Jefferson is either the number one or two best player at his position in the league Kirk Cousins is paid like that, has been through his career, but he's more of like the 12th best player. So that's kind of the difference. And if you trade away someone like Randy Moss caliber and you draft Troy Williamson, you're going to regret it forever. So I also the CBA is set up for him to sign a deal. So when you hear like, oh, if he doesn't like what they do at quarterback, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's how it's set up with franchise tags. So there you go. Minute and a half explanation. I have to go run and move my car. I'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.